0: I want to preach to you for a little while today on something that the Lord lit on my heart about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Would you go there with me? Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26 is what I will read in your hearing. Then I'll share the story with you. I also want to go to David and Goliath just for a minute or two, and then we will see what the Lord has to say to us in this. Thank you for joining us online. We so appreciate you being here. We know that there are people sick in the congregation today and they have stayed home. I'm just a little jealous that you get to hear the word in a bathrobe. That's the only thing uh, that your pajamas. (laughs) No, I'm not. I feel good today. I thank you for praying for me. Um, I'm just a little cough left, but I'm praying that God's going to get me through this today. Thank you for your prayers for pastor. I do appreciate that. And at midnight, everybody say, that's dark. Wow, this message just started so dark. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. That's what we were just doing. And sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Everybody say, the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. I've heard some pretty horrible statistics about people coming back to traditional church. Brothers and sisters, they're simply not. But one thing that has happened with online church is that people are gravitating toward the churches that have power. They're recognizing the churches that are preaching with God authority and anointing. And so there is a move and a shift. Of people to churches that have the power of God in them. We are one of those churches and I'm thankful for that. And no matter how much things change in our world, no matter the shaking that goes on, we ought to be people of the name. We ought to be people of our one God. We ought to be people full of the Holy Ghost because that is how we stay free in a world that's shaking. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a minute. I'll be short on shaken, but free. It's a two-series situation. Next week, I'll be talking to you about past feeling, but still praising. But this week, we're going to handle shaken but free. Let's go with Paul and Silas. Amen. Are you ready to worship in the jailhouse? Amen. He still breaks chains, doesn't he? He still sets people free. Let's worship him one more time. Jesus, we hold our Bibles in our hands and believe the word of God is forever settled. I ask you just to let it work in us. Lord, I just ask you to let it set us free. Come on, somebody, lift your hands. Lift your Bible in the air if you want to. Let the Lord use this word. It's it's empowering us. It's going to set us free from some things. Well, come on, let's clap our hands one more time if you can. Under the Lord and you may be seated. When you feel stuck and imprisoned and bound, the last thing you feel like doing is praising. How many can agree to that? That you do not feel, when you feel tied up and bound by things of life and you feel like you don't know where to go or how to move, you oftentimes do not have the first thought like Paul here hey, let's praise. That's not the first thought you have. You have all kinds of decision-making to do, and you have all kinds of processing to do, emotional processing. You know, you're deciding what's the best move at this moment, and you're doing all of these things sometimes just as, as a matter of routine and habit because you're used to making decisions When things are difficult, but this is an interesting section of Scripture because Paul and Silas are trying to start a church, and things are not really going that well, I'll just tell you right now. They are in prison, their feet are in stocks, hands are in shackles, more than likely, this is not what you would consider a good church launch, amen? Probably you would say this is a problem and they may need to move on to the next city, but Philippi is where they were called to because Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia dressed in Macedonian garments saying, come and help us in his vision. And the Bible says that he obeyed immediately and they went to Philippi. You know, Philippi, the city named after Philip, the father of Alexander the Great, the starting place of Alexander the Great's conquest of the world where he started out to win and conquer the whole world. This was the place where he started. And now we see Paul in Silas going to this city to start something that has never been done before. Yes, maybe like in Corinth, they preached in the market. Maybe they preached in the synagogue, for we know there was a rectangular platform or, or podium made of stone of some kind where the speakers would speak in Philippi. But we do not understand the gravity of this moment necessarily, because it just simply does not make sense to the human mind. For they come into the city, and there is a a young lady there who is possessed with a devil which allows her to do all kinds of divinations allows her to see things and to hear things and to speak things that she would not normally be able to do I don't know if she just read palms or maybe she even has some horoscope things going on but somehow she was able to do this well enough to be paid to do it and her master, who was obviously at different times, he was the owner of slaves, and he owned this young lady, and she would do work and get paid, and he was made wealthy from it. But when they came to town, something happened. Because when God's people show up, something always happens. <laughs> Maybe you've heard about it. When Paul showed up in any city, he either had a revival or a riot. Just all depended. Sometimes he had a little bit of both, Amen. But they began to follow the obedience obedience that they were following after God. They began to do what God called them to do. And this woman began to follow them, crying after them. Now, that doesn't make much sense to me. You have a woman who has a demon in, in her. And she's following after Paul and Silas saying, Obey these men what they have to say to you. For they have the gospel. She came behind them crying, saying, These men are the servants of the most high God. She said, They serve the right God. They serve the God above all gods, the king above all kings. says, Would show us the way of salvation. The one who has a demon possession is doing the media announcements. It's kind of still the same today. Just kidding. <laughs> but we see the people are listening to somebody who's announcing that should not be announcing the arrival of these men. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I think it is a great thing. God's using the spiritual world to announce that he is here and he is doing a work. But Paul gets a little bit tired of this. He gets tired of letting the devil announce what God is doing. And so he turns around to her and he says, come out from her and the demon has to listen because he knows the power of the name of Jesus and he uses the authority of that name because he has a relationship with Jesus Christ therefore he has the right to use the authority of the name in whom he has a relationship with amen this wasn't the sons of Sleva Skiva. We used to say Sleva. He was a guy that worked at the men's dorm at a Bible college, and he had a lot of young guys that would go out with him and pray for people. And we called them the sons of Sleva sometimes, just as a joke. But he's not the sons of Skiva. Not the sons that didn't know that the God that they were talking about. But this is Paul talking, and he casts out the devil. And the owner of that young lady gets upset. He gets beside himself. I imagine he's wealthy. He owns slaves. I imagine he is influential because he goes to the magistrates and the people of that city and says, these are men who have Christian customs that are not like us, who are Romans, and we need to do something about it. They've taken away my financial success, and you need to do something about it. There is a problem here. And, of course, we know the situation. They sent the police after him. We'll call it the police, amen. Amen. Sent the police after him and they got a hold of Paul and Silas and they put him in prison and they charged the keeper of the jail to make sure they do not get out. And so, of course, the jailer, understanding the charge, he knew what he had to do was to keep them and if they got away, it might mean his own life. And so he put them all the way in the deepest, darkest dungeon, fastened their feet and their stocks and the hands probably in shackles or fetters as scripture uses. And then this moment, Paul goes, hey, 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 Silas, I I know they beat us and probably ripped their backs open quite a bit because later on in scripture, it says that one of the primary things that the Macedonian guard did when things happen later on and the earth starts shaking and jailhouse rock happens for the first time. Eat your heart out, Elvis. We do know that one of the primary things they did was they took their whole family and baptized them and washed their stripes. It was bad enough to where they wanted them baptized and wanted to wash their stripes right after that. So we know they were beaten, they were mocked, they were ridiculed, they were made a public display in front of everybody, this is not what you do, and then they were thrown in prison. But Paul didn't let that get to him. Paul didn't ask the wrong questions because your life is led by the questions you ask yourself in those moments. Your actions and your faith is empowered by the right questions in the wrong moments. And Paul did not ask himself, why am I here? God, we're trying to do a good work for you. We're trying to do something good for you. We're trying to start a church in Philippi. This is what you want us to do. You told us to take the gospel into all the world. Why are we seeing so much resistance? And now we're beaten and put in prison. If you don't ask yourself the right questions, Paul could have said, why are we here? Why didn't it work? How, Lord, did you not step in? Why Did you let this happen to me? But those weren't the questions that Paul asked. Paul said, Why don't we worship? Why don't we praise in this moment? That takes a whole lot of faith. So he looks at Silas. I can just imagine the situation. They're both beat up. They both can't move. There's mold in the deepest, darkest dungeon, more than likely rats. They can't move them away from themselves because they're all tied up and bound up. So they're just stuck in this situation. And Paul goes to Silas at the darkest moment of their day, the midnight. He said, Why don't we praise the Lord? That seems like a good thing to do, and probably Silas said, here, now? And I imagine he, Paul said, well, yeah, I, we still have something we can do. Even if we can't move, we can still praise him. Even if we can't do, I can still put a worship on my lips and I can call on the name of the Lord. I don't know if Paul knew what was going to happen next, but I know he had faith. And he just began to worship the Lord. And Silas joined in. And they're like, okay, I guess if there's nothing else we can do, we might as well praise him while we're here. We might as well worship him while we're here. While we're in this situation, we might as well lift him up because there's nothing else we can do but worship him. Brothers and sisters, I come to preach today a very basic and simple." simple message because I'm a basic and simple man, but I can tell you this, when nothing's working, when everything looks like it's going wrong, when it looks like God has forgotten you and all the wrong questions are all the things that are spinning in your head, I come to preach today that you've still got a praise left, you've still got a worship left, even when it doesn't look like it, you have something you can do that can shake things up. Well, our world is shaking. They've released all kinds of numbers this week that in, our, our energy bills are going to go up nearly 49%. Inflation is about to hit the planet like you never saw it in America. And I'm just like, you know, I could get lost in the numbers and I can ask God, why is all this happening? Or I can come to this house of God and I could just begin to worship him and I could just begin to praise him and realize he that the son is set free is still free indeed. That God still releases liberty and the house where his spirit it is, and that even though this world is shaking, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken in these times, but there still is going to be a free people. There still is going to be a worshiping people. There still going to be a praising people. Even if we feel like our feet are in stocks and hands are in fetters, we still have a word in our mouth, and I believe God. I saw this message preached by brother. Jones, he's one of my favorite preachers, Jerry Jones. Always loved listening to Jerry Jones. I would travel to hear Jerry Jones. When I was younger in the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, I prayed over him one time and just had a moment of prayer with him. I just enjoyed this man of God. I think I even had him sign my Bible. I was one of those guys. I really wasn't, but I was. But, you know, I was closet. I would kind of like like follow one preacher. I'd watch him. Now they're online. I can watch all I want to. But... He was preaching at Atlanta West and he was preaching this very same message and I had already felt God leading me to this message. And I was like, how do I, how do I bring together what's going on here for the people of God to understand what's happening? And I do realize that God has a listening ear toward the earth. I do realize God loves it when we worship him and he tunes in, amen? And he said, look at that. My child is suffering. My child is going through circumstances, but they still gotta praise on their lips. They still gotta worship in their heart because worship is not predicated upon my circumstances. Worship is all about who he is, not what I have going on or where I am right now. But right here is a good place to praise him and I knew that in all of these moments that you see that God is hearing and watching and he's orchestrating and even though God doesn't step in in this moment even though God's in control he doesn't always take control do you understand what I'm saying even though things can happen in our life God is still the final say in the moment and I just feel like God got to listening and tapping his foot and said Gabriel come here and he got Gable together he said, get four of your get three of your best friends and get down there and get on each corner of that jailhouse, and you just start shaking the place, amen, until the jailhouse is no longer even a jailhouse anymore, until all their bounds are loose. And I began to study that. That the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. The word bands in the original language actually goes all the way back to the word ligament in the human body. That literally the body of Christ has been so isolated and so put to a screen to get their feeding from the word of God through a pandemic that we have had atrophy in some of the body and some people are not moving like they used to move and some people are not praying like they used to pray. They're looking to a screen to feed them instead of going through the word of God as much as they should to feed them. But I've come to loose the bands today. I've come to release the atrophy with the anointing of God, of the church and the house of God. There is a praise still in the house of god there's a praise that loose every chain and when we have no way to move if we're bound in fetters and we're bound in stocks and we're thrown in prison you still got to praise and when you praise it brings what god can do to your situation when you praise it's not you making the decisions. It's not you analyzing the positive and the negatives and choosing the best outcome. When you praise you release something in your spirit toward heaven and you say God, you fight the battle for me, God. You release the angels that need to be released. God, you do whatever you need to do. Your praise is your battle. It's your weapon is worship. Suddenly the place Begin to shake. I don't know if you know this, but Paul is a Roman citizen. And Roman citizens have the power of Rome behind them. And Paul should not have ever. It just doesn't happen. You don't take a person. And whip them with chains or with whips or with whatever they whip them with to shred their back. Throw them in prison in stocks and bonds without a trial. They have to be properly sentenced, go through the trial, be found guilty before they have the punishment. And you surely don't do it to a Roman citizen because a Roman citizen stands with the might of Rome. If you were to do to Paul and Silas, especially Paul, a Roman citizen, of course they are. Paul, if you were to do that to Paul, you would, could expect a garrison of Roman soldiers to show up and destroy some stuff, just wipe some stuff out because of the fact that behind the Roman citizenship stands the might of the Roman army. And of course they found out Later in the scripture, you see them, all kinds of stuff is going on. Suddenly there's, there's shaking, there's bands loose, and the prisoners had already heard a prayer service going on. Maybe they were in the lower level dungeon, it seems that way, and they heard sounds coming up from down there, and they're like, these crazy preachers. They probably can't see their hand from their face. So dark down there in the dungeon, there's probably rats crawling all over them. But they decide they're going to praise You know, I can tell you that when you get set free to living for God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and when you are a person that knows how to praise him, no matter what the circumstances are, there is nothing that can stop you. The worst thing for the enemy to do is put a praiser in prison. The worst thing is to put you in stocks and bonds and make you immovable and make you stuck because you're going to praise your way out. Amen? You have an option. Amen? The dangerous thing is to put a praiser in prison because if he can't get out, he's going to praise his way out, and he doesn't come out alone. Hey, man, praisers never come out alone. They always bring somebody with them. (laughs) He loses that whole jail all of their bonds were loosed, amen? I pray if there's a praiser in this house, you get a message of revelation right now in the name of Jesus, that your praise and your worship is not just for you, that you literally can come to this house and you can set off an atmosphere of worship in this house and you can bring people out of their prisons and out of their bondage and out of their chains just because you are a praiser in the prison doesn't mean you're alone. So they recognized, this is what's going on. And the keeper of the prison awoke after everything was ruined. The jail was ruined. And seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, "Do Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now, I don't know about you, but Paul and Silas, well, Paul had the vision. And when he recognized that jailer had Macedonian garments, he knew he was on the right, on the right track. I really do believe that. But I don't know about all them other prisoners. I don't know what you would do if you were in prison and the doors flung open. But I'm disappearing into the dark. <laughs> I'm going to go home, amen? I'm not going to hang around, but I wonder if maybe... They heard them praising, and they felt the jailbreak before the jailbreak. I wonder if maybe the Holy Ghost got moving, and they're like, I don't know what that is, but I like that power that I feel. I wonder if maybe they didn't hang around hoping there was another service coming. I wonder if maybe the reason why they were all there is because Paul knew that God was up to something. Paul cried with a loud voice, do not hurt yourself, then he called for a light; it was dark in there, and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" And then Jesus said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ; thou shalt, and thou shalt be saved." Future tense, shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord; that means Logos, the plan of God. He showed him the plan of God for salvation. Spoke unto them the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the, his house, and he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and was baptized he in all his straightway. Some people use this scripture to say, see, we can baptize babies. He and all of his house got baptized. But we know the scripture tells us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So we understand by the broad brushstrokes of all scripture, not just one scripture, that we do know that you have to have faith before you're baptized. So this is not a proof text that babies should be baptized. This is literally the fact that their entire house that could believe did believe and were baptized. Amen. That is what the scripture means. And when it was day, and when it was day, let's see, I'm going to back up the 34, if you help me, team. And when he had brought them into the, his house, he set me before them and rejoiced. I believe he got full of the Holy Ghost. The Bible literally says that rejoicing means he jumped for joy. How many know when you get the Holy Ghost, you jump for joy sometimes? I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to act. I don't know how you're going to respond. But I do know you'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance because that's what the Bible says. And I'm just preaching to you right now that when the Holy Ghost came, they rejoiced in this house and they were baptized. They rejoiced and believed in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, well, we don't have a jail anymore. (laughs) Let them go, I guess. I guess they've stayed the night maybe they'll pay attention now let loose let those men go and the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul the magistrates have sent for thee and said let go let thee go now therefore depart and go in peace but Paul said unto them ah uh-uh. no no uh-uh. you beat us in public you humiliated us in public and you're not going to tell us just slip into the night in secret or slip into the day and get out of town. No, no. No, no. You're not going to do that because we are Romans. And at that moment, they went, uh-oh. We beat a Roman without a trial? We're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. And so they came over and they said, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul, <laughs> we're so, I don't know what we're thinking. We're so sorry. Mr. Paul, please, don't, don't, don't send word to Rome, Please. We'll, we'll let you go. And they got a Cadillac with a convertible top, and they started a parade through town. Oh, this isn't in there? Okay, so this isn't here. I, this is... And they had confetti cannons, poof, and there was people ha- hanging out on the balconies of their houses, waving, and Paul was doing his best lady die wave, you know. And they're going through town, and about that time, Brother Silas looks over at Paul and goes, Man, these stripes really hurt. But look at what God is doing. He's letting the people know that we're here to preach the gospel. And he goes, "But Paul, I have, a, I have a question. Could you have let them know that we're Romans before they beat us? I mean, wasn't that a good idea? We wouldn't have been cast in prison. We wouldn't have been falsely accused. We wouldn't have even been beat had you told them we were Romans. And Paul said, you know, I'm so sorry about that, Silas. I'm really sorry about that. But if I had told them we were Romans, we would only get what Rome has to give us. But if we lean upon God, we have what God had to give us. And they had a revival breakout in Philippi, the first church that Paul planted on his missionary journeys by the power of a jailhouse being shaken because Rome can't shake prisons. Rome can't release bands, Rome can't release and open stocks and bonds in the middle of your darkest moment. But God can. God can do it. God can release it. And this is what I was hearing preached by my good friend, Brother Jerry Jones he was releasing the word into this atmosphere and I release it today as I'm preaching this that I don't need a Rome card I don't need a medical card I don't need a government card I don't need what this world can give me I need a power that has set us free I need the Holy Ghost moving yes things may be shaken but they are only releasing the freedom of God in our midst Would you just worship the Lord for a minute? Would you just take your hand lift it up and just thank God that no matter the circumstance, no matter where you are, there's freedom in your life. There is freedom in your heart. For he that the Son is set free is free indeed. So they're released and they go to Lydia's house and they comfort the saints and they leave town. But there is forever a church planted at Philippi. And not only that, but I believe this is Jodan verse six, verse uh, number 41. I believe that they met Eunice and Lois at the riverside when they were preaching, and there was a little boy there, and that little boy, that's just God telling us we ought to worship them. That little boy, his name was Timothy. And he would go on to pastor the largest megachurches that were in houses in Ephesus, and be the 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 mentor, and have Paul as his mentor, be the predecessor of the great Paul. That he literally led some scholars believe upwards of sixty five thousand people in Ephesus in house churches. All of that happened because Paul said, "I'm not going to drop the Roman card." I'm going to say we're here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to drop the pandemic card. I'm not going to drop another card. I'm going to drop the fact that we are set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to drop the fact, and by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which he could not be freed by the law of Moses. I'm going to drop this word if I have to, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and it ends in eternal life in Romans. I'm going to drop this word. I will walk about in freedom. Amen, somebody. For I have sought out your precepts. Psalms tells us that. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness to the right way. So if the Son has made you free, you are free indeed, John eight thirty six. If he can do it then, He can do it now. Amen? He's never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Isaiah 61 and 1. And Jesus, when he stood up, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and I will fulfill these scriptures. I'm so thankful I know that my freedom is in him. Out of my distress... David says, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. The man who fought Goliath, the man who met the champion of the Philistines. Scripture tells us in 1 Samuel that this champion would come out and he would stand and he would taunt the children of Israel. And I want you to know that this was no small taunting. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. And I will give you thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field." That sounds pretty serious to me. How about you? David, a little shepherd boy, when Jesse goes to the house to anoint the next king of Israel, all the boys are there, and he goes to anointing, and God says, "No, no, 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 no." And Jesse goes, "Do't you have another son?" He's like, "Well, <laughs> there's, there's David but he don't look like a king. He's ruddy in complexion. Maybe he had acne. Who knows what that really means? Maybe he's red-haired. We don't know exactly what that means, but they said, well, then Jesse said, go get him, and we'll not sit down till the king comes. We better not sit down, brothers and sisters, until the king shows up. We better stand in our faith. We better stay strong. We better stand firm. So we see that David runs into the house smelling like sheep, but you see, David had learned how to keep the sheep. And in this situation, he was released to go down. Imagine the desperation of the army of Israel when all of these big burly men, David coming to bring them cheese and crackers. He was a Wisconsinite. He brought them cheese. <laughs> and one of his brothers goes, I know you. I—I I know You're going to make a scene. I know you, David. And he's like, what? What do I have to do with you? Is there not a cause? Have you not seen this guy? He's like, Yeah, that's why we're all hiding. We have seen the guy. He's either nine foot or 13 foot, depending on who you study. We'll go with 13 foot tall. His spear was as a weaver's beam, he was a warrior from his youth. They didn't give him toddler toys, they gave him weapons. And here he stands, and his shield is so big, another man has to carry it in front of him. This is a scary dude. And everybody in the army is ducking down, barely looking over the rocks, going, don't pick me. I'm not, no. And they're looking for a volunteer because it was champion to champion. And Goliath is coming out and yelling all of these slurs and cursing the name of their God, And David's like, really? They're like, have you seen the size of this guy? And he's like, yeah, he's so big, you can't miss him. David has a completely different mindset going into this battle. He didn't come there and say, look at his armor, look at his shield, look at his spear, look at his sword, look at his talent, look at his warrior capabilities. He said, he's defying the armies of the Lord God, and there is a reason to fight. He said, I'll fight him. David <laughs> was probably about this big at the time. He's a teenager. And they go, we got war. We got a dummy. He'll do it. They bring him in. Saul is hiding in his tent. They bring him in, and Saul looks at him and says, you won't do. He's been a warrior from his childhood, and you're but a child right now. And David's like, let me tell you a story. I was put in commission of being responsible over the sheep, and a lion came out and got a hold of one of those lambs, and the Holy Ghost came upon me and I got a hold of that lion, and there is a lion skin coat in my mama's closet. And then there was a bear that came out and got a hold of another one of those lambs. He goes, and the Holy Ghost came on me again. And I got a hold of that bear, and we had us a tussle. We went to fighting. He goes, and I now have a bearskin rug in my dad's study. He goes, and every one of those times, It was not my strength. In fact, I challenge you to find in the Bible where he used his slingshot for either one of those. It was the Holy Ghost that gave him strength to win. He said, and Saul, those baby lambs have baby lambs now. And that bear and that lion is dead. And the same God that came upon me for the lion and the bear will give me this Philistine's head. And of course, Saul being carnally minded, brother, thank you for preaching an amazing spirit life. If you're not making it to 10 o'clock spirit life, you are missing out. Okay, advertisement over. But he goes, well, you're going to need weaponry. You're going to need some sort of armor. And he puts on Saul's armor, and he's like, his elbow is not where Saul's elbow is. His knee is not where Saul's knee is. The stuff doesn't fit him, and he says, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I haven't proved this. He goes, but I have proved that slingshot. I've used it in other ways. And so he takes his slingshot and he goes into the, bro- into the brook. He's going to meet Saul in the valley of Elah, and he picks up five smooth stones. Now, I've heard this preached every which way but, but up, okay? He picks up five smooth stones. That's for Goliath's four other brothers in case they come after him. I've heard five smooth stones, that means J-E-S-U-S. I've heard five smooth smooth stones, that means grace, G-R-A-C-E. It's been preached every which way but silly, okay, and some silly. But this is David preparing to go into battle, even though he knows the Lord is going to come upon him. That's so good. If you want to see, you know, Tinney used to say, The willingness to prepare has to be greater than the willingness to succeed. Because if you don't prepare for anything and you lean only upon God, that's called spiritual laziness. But if you lean entirely upon God and you prepare, God will use what you've prepared yourself for and he will anoint it and make it even stronger. I don't know what you believe, but I believe that David had some skill, but I don't believe that God did not let David just fire that rock. I believe the hand that spun the earth. I believe the God who pulled mountains out of oceans got a hold of that rock and sent it true to its target. I believe God got a hold of that situation and because David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, that something changed that situation and the one who should have been the one fed to the fowls of the air that day was the victor. The unlikely source is that because he was willing to trust in God, over what the armies of Israel could offer. He got what God could give him. And so the scripture goes on to say in Isaiah, sorry, First Samuel, it says, then David, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. You can only do what a sword and a spear can do. You can only do what armor can do. You can only do what armors, arm, armies can do. But I'm coming to you in the name of the God of the armies, <laughs> of the angel host. He said, spear with shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And watch what he says. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. In other words, the sword that you have that's scaring everybody else is the weapon God's going to let me use to take you out. No weapon formed against us shall... Thank you. And I will give the carcass of the host, the Philistines, not only you but the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowl of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He got what God can do because he trusted in what God can do. I don't know where you are. And I don't even know what you're necessarily going through. And I don't even know where we're headed. But I can tell you this. I can put a smile on my face. I can throw my car and drive. And I can be happy watching my devotion on the way to work. Because I know the God in whom I have believed. He's the God who still has a, a work in this world. And when I feel like I have nothing left I can do, I still got to praise still got to praise. Would you stand and would you help me do that right now? If there's something in your life you need to move, would you go ahead and just begin to praise him? Would you go ahead and begin to worship him? Would you go ahead and say, God, I want everything around me to know that there is a God in my life. I'm going to entrust you. I'm going to put into your care everything that's going on and whatever I don't know is coming, I trust you anyways. I'm looking for a Paul and Silas today who could say, well, I'll, I'll make enough to save up and I'll, and I'll be a prepper and I'll put some food aside and I'll, and I'll build a little shelter where I can, I can hide away when the world gets... No, no. You can do that if you want to and that's all fine and good. It's good to be prepared. Like I said, you should prepare. But I wonder if we lean upon the strength of all that over the strength of God. I wonder if we lean upon our might and our abilities over the just simply powerful word of God. If we don't say, Lord, if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. Lord, I'm going to go into this valley with some smooth stones. I'm going to prepare and take what I got with me. But if you don't help and assist, I cannot bring down the giants in my life. Lord, I'm going to praise at midnight, but if, if you don't do it, they're going to begin to worship, and we're going to sing Freedom today, because I just feel like singing it about broke the band this week because I asked them to sing a song that's way back in 2000, but I don't care if that is an old song, we're going to sing it together, and we're going to worship the Lord together because I truly believe that our freedom is still here. Our freedom is still in Jesus our freedom is still in the word of God no matter what we things look like our freedom is still in him and even though this world is shaking I believe there are some people in this house that are willing to praise him and say I'm still free anybody still free amen let's sing it together amen I'm still free I'm still free would you put your hands together like this come on two time in two time in real fast, hallelujah, if you're joining us online, start a praise in your house, get your kids together and start a worship moment, here we go, we're going to sing together, through you the blind will see,
1: through you the blind will see. Through you the mute will sing. Come on, why don't you get out of your you pew and just begin, begin to praise Him? Why don't you
0: walk if you've never done before? You, just set yourself free. Let your praise
1: release Through you today. You the darkness, darkness. Please. Through you, my heart screams, I, I am, free. am free. Come on,
0: let's praise it together. Yeah. I am free. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I am free to run. Come on walk and sing it walk and praise it today. Get out of your prison today Get out of whatever's holding you bound Let I yourself am be set free, free. To
1: Live for you I am free to live
2: for you Jesus
0: I am, free. I am free I am free Nothing can take that
2: freedom
1: Through you the kingdom's come Through you the battles won through you I'm won. not I'm afraid. afraid. Through you the, the price, price is paid. Come on, us worship Together you, there's it's victory. To victory. I, I because, because of you my heart dreams, I am free.
2: It might be midnight, but crazy Him
1: the kingdoms come. Through you, the battle's won. Through you, I'm not afraid. Through you, the price is paid. Through you, there's victory. Because of you, my heart There is a melody